This is Channel 253. In this episode of Citizen Tacoma. I would like for um, law enforcement to create an environment where officers can openly speak about, I need some help. And maybe that is also um, understood through an assessment. And I say that because to become a police officer is that you have an assessment to receive the job. But if you're on the force for 20 years or 30 years and you've dealt with a lot and there's no support, it's going to have a negative impact on you. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma, my heart beats true blue. Citizen Tacoma, I'll always vote for you. Welcome back to another episode of Citizen Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg, and today my guest is Ann Artman, running for District 5 in South Tacoma. Um, she and Joe should now be live, uh, Joe Bushnell, excuse me, uh, who uh, are running for that seat. Check it out, especially if you're in South Tacoma, as you get ready for the November ballot. Let's give it a listen. <laughs> Welcome back to another interview on Citizen Tacoma. This is the podcast where we interview candidates and elected officials. Uh, We are continuing our series on uh, Tacoma City Council candidates. And my guest today is Ann Artman, who is running for District 5. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma, Ann. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. It's a um, lovely way to spend an afternoon. It really is, mm-hmm. although we're not outside where it's nice. We're in, in the studio, which is great, too. It's a beautiful studio, but the sun is calling It is, right now. absolutely. <laughs> and I understand this is your first podcast. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. It's very exciting to, to have you here. And thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, why don't you just introduce a little bit about who you are? What's, what's your Tacoma story? How's that as a way to ask that question? Well, I'm kind of that person that likes to do um, sort of shock folks. So I'll start off with, first time I came to Tacoma is 1962. Okay. I remember the World's Fair. Oh, wow. I did not surprise you, though. (laughs) My father was in the military, and we came here originally for for a couple of years, and then left in 64 and went to Germany. I was in Germany until 1968, and then we're back. Wow. My uh, father spent 25 years in the military, and he he was stationed here probably three or four times. So it's always that place that we came came back to. It was our home. So in 68, we moved here. My dad continued traveling. I went to school in Parkland. Mm. So I went to El- Elmhurst Elementary School, um, very old school, Keithley Elementary, and I graduated from Washington High School okay. in 1978. Interesting story, though, as far as the South End and the connection to it is that in 75, my mother um, received a job at Fred Meyer. And she was so proud of herself because the store had just opened and she was a stay-at-home mom and going off to work. So that was my introduction to the South End. And then my father retired from the military and opened up a restaurant on 52nd and South Tacoma Way. Really? Yes, he did. Wow. And then so my first apartment was um, on 84th Street. Mm-hmm. Went to the University of Washington. Stayed there for a few years and traveled around the world working for the airlines and was recruited by uh, Microsoft to work as a meeting planner. And then in 2001, we all remember um, 9-11. And so I had this pull and this desire to come back home and go back to my community um, roots, you might say. Came home, 
went to work for my sister in her nonprofit, which is a very robust nonprofit that deals with, um, with children, early child education. She has these 14 programs, but there was one thing that was missing that was growing here in Tacoma in 2015-14, and that was the homeless crisis. Yeah. So I went back to school again, graduated with a degree in psychology and a master's in behavioral health, and it opened up the Tacoma Recovery Center. It started off as a way to address folks with um, behavioral health, substance misuse, trauma, PTSD. We work with veterans. And at the same time, I watched the homeless crisis just grow and grow. And so um, what I did is that I received grants from the city and from the county and started working with homeless individuals. And it became my passion. Wow. Yes. And so um, we received the very first tiny home village. It was across the street from my center, which is right next to People's Park. Mm -hmm. And so you see the connection there. Mm -hmm. And we had 25 people that were housed there. And today, 20 of them are still housed. And so I have this At the center or elsewhere? Elsewhere. Yes, elsewhere, yes. I've attended a couple of their um, college graduations. A few have gotten married. But what's happened is that they've been able to experience a life that they hadn't expected. And so coming back home in 2001 and dedicating my life to my community, it really truly shows me that uh, I'm on the right path and I'm seeing some really incredible things happen. So today I can say that I've lived in the south end of Tacoma, my District 5, for 38 years. Wow. Yeah, 38 years. Long time. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. So um, why, why run for office? What's uh, calling you to office right now? It's so difficult to sit back and, and, and watch our community. And I believe is that uh, we're in the middle of a, of a very serious crisis um, with homelessness and behavioral health that is, um, is not changing. So my reason for running for city council is to be able to work in a leadership role with the city council in solving some of those concerns. And my belief is is that part of the problem is that uh, they need some more services. Services when dealing with some of their barriers, such as behavioral health and drugs and alcohol, which I believe is a, one of the major causes of homelessness. But also, too, is that there are folks that um, don't have living wages, and so they become homeless. There's, e- there's evictions and criminal backgrounds. There's just all of this that goes along with it. And so if we get to the root of the problem, working as a collaborative, then I believe that we can make changes. And so that's my reason for running for city council, is I've seen so much happen, but I've also seen so much progress that I want to be able to, um, to lend my voice to my community and to be an advocate for my community as well. Thank you. Yeah. And just to make sure the listener tracks us, District 5 is uh, where roughly? Well, to make it easy for folks, sometimes I say zip code 98409 okay. or 98408. But basically what that is is that it's starting, I would say, about 96th Street, goes all the way up to about 72nd and, and beyond, as well as all the way to 66 over by Manitou Elementary. Mm-hmm. So it's a large district. Yeah. It is. I, I have a feeling I know what one of the answers is going to be to this question, but... Maybe what, I'll surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's two other ways to surprise me here. What are three of the biggest issues facing either all of Tacoma or your district right now? However you want to take that question. I am going to answer that question through the voice of my community. And when I say that is that my priority as far as, as running for city council is 
behavioral health, homelessness, and community safety and, and social injustice. But we're going to use a community voice, and this comes from knocking on doors. And the concerns in our community today is it's the homelessness, it's the safety concerns that they're having, as far as um, our community feels as though they're, they're not safe in their homes. Because people who um, are houseless, which I don't want to... Um, Oh, the word I'm looking for is that uh, I don't want to talk talk about homeless folks in a way that's derogatory. But our community is actually afraid of their homes being broken into, um, not being safe out in their backyards, uh, in their front yards, their children, and some of the experiences they're having needles in their yards. And so biggest issues, homelessness, safety, and also social injustice. Okay. Um, let's start with the homelessness since we've already talked about that a little bit. What do you either, you know, now or starting in January, what can the council be doing to improve this? Your story of what you did with uh, your center is amazing. Does that scale? Is that the answer? Scale that up and do that a hundred more times? Like, how do we handle this problem? I love your answer. <laughs> it's a question, not an answer. No, no. And the reason why I, I'm smiling is because... What I've told everyone is that what we need is to have um, recovery centers, perhaps on a smaller scale, all over Tacoma to where they're accessible. There are so many nonprofits that are that are all doing similar work than we are. What makes us unique is that um, the folks that work for me, it's all peer-led, so it's folks with lived experience. So when they're working with someone, they're able to engage them. And I'm going to add this piece to it is that I was on the Optum Behavioral Health Board, and we brought peer support for recovery into Tacoma. And so now they have what's called peer recovery coaches that we train all over the city in behavioral health organizations, from recovery centers to behavioral health centers. And so I would like to see more agencies putting folks into um, service-oriented uh, nonprofits and businesses that work with the homeless that have that lived experience because truly it's a foundation of change for them. Okay. There's a what has been called an anti-camping ordinance or ban on camping that was delayed. Um, looks like it's going to be voted on by the council in November, so probably not something that you would vote on, but I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that approach to uh, the crisis that we're facing? I have to be honest. And sometimes when you when you respond to a question is that it's not going to um, resonate with everybody. And so I'm not okay with folks camping in the front of um, individuals' homes at all. I would rather see uh, dedicated locations where people could camp if they needed to. But at the same time is, is that it has to have structure to it. It's um, it's uncomfortable for folks to walk out in their front yard and there are people that are that are sleeping literally on their near their porches and they have to walk over them to get into their steps, into their door, their front door. You don't know the person, you don't know their criminal history, you don't know what their concerns are, and so I don't support camping in, in public areas. And again, is that the person that hears that's probably going to look at, at listen to this and say, is that oh my goodness, she's heartless. But there are ways of doing things. And if you allow someone just to simply camp, it doesn't really solve their concerns at all. Sometimes I call that sort of a catch and release, is that it's a, 
it's not really solving the problem. But if we can create space where they can camp that's structured and safe and orderly with services, absolutely I support it. Putting those those things together. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm very compassionate, but also, too, as I was raised in a, a military family, and I do believe in, in hard work when it comes to solving some of your concerns. So... I, I, I think I understand where you're coming from. from mm-hmm. that, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, are there other things that you think um, the community should be doing to step up, not just the council? Yes, I do. I'd like to use this as an example is that um, 20, 30 years ago, when somebody received the diagnosis of cancer, it was sort of um, taken as though it was a, a death sentence. And so what the country did is that we all came together. And before you knew it, there were football players wearing pink on the football fields, um, national football fields. And the community and the country, the nation, came together as a whole, and they all worked together. So I think that there needs to be a, um, a national initiative and citywide and countywide to where we all work together, providers, the city. I would love to see someone sort of nonprofit that did nothing but just raise money for homelessness. My sister, which I have to mention this, is that um, we work with Pierce County on on housing, and she received an award for um, $1 million spent on homelessness, and that was housing people. That was not done with city dollars. And so there are a way to to fund homelessness through a collaborative effort. It's something that's not going to go away, and the only way to solve it is to have someone there that has experience, for one, and also, too, is to get the community involved in it. Just complaining about homelessness is not going to solve it. It isn't. Okay. Thank you. Let's talk about some of your other ones. You mentioned um, safety and social injustice. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Let's start with social injustice. What what what's the problem as you see it, and where do you see um, either the council or Tacoma stepping in? I have to think about that one for a moment because um, again, I'll say some things that will not uh, make everyone happy. When it comes to social injustice, is that the main thing I'm referring to is, is the incidents that happened with, with Manny Ellis. And so I would like to see the police department have more training. And that's just a simple word to say, more training. We all say that. But also, too, is that um, I'd like to see things change from the leadership, from the top. And I believe that um, any employer, when we, we uh, lay out a, a set of rules, we all follow them. And so if the person on the top is, is not supporting the actions of the officers, then that's where it starts first is that it's leadership. Okay. Okay. The other concern I have is that working with veterans with PTSD is that I've learned that uh, if you're in a combat situation for a long period of time, it has a negative impact on you. Yeah. I think the police department should have some sort of a, um, I don't know, maybe an assessment or um, questionnaire or something with their officers, maybe every three to five years, and find out uh, if they need support. And I'm thinking with behavioral health. I can't imagine carrying a gun for 20 or 30 years and being in a situation to where you're always in fear. And sometimes, especially with the military, is that once you've acknowledged that you've got concerns with whether it's stress or whether it's fear or whether it's PTSD, whether it's trauma— it sort of um, stops your career, you might say. I would like for um, law enforcement to create an environment to where officers can openly speak about, I need some help. And maybe that is also um, understood through an assessment. And I say that because to become a police officer is that you have an assessment to receive the job. But if you're on 
the force for 20 years or 30 years and you've dealt with a lot and there's no support, it's going to have a negative impact on you. Yeah, that makes sense. The other thing is, is that uh, I'd love to have more conversations with the community and with officers and everyone, uh, leadership as well, and the city council, everyone coming together to solve some of the, the problems that, that we're having when it comes to um, racial biases. We don't sit and talk and have those conversations that we should be having. And I'm someone that can talk to anybody about everything. And I have people of all color, especially um, Caucasian people, that have these conversations with me. Once we're done with the conversation, we always end with this. I wish everyone could have conversations like this. Hmm. But they're so uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it's the only way that we're going to solve some of our concerns that we have. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned... I just want to tease this out a little bit, sure. uh, the leadership thing. Were mm-hmm. you thinking of uh, any particular position or person when you were thinking about that? What, tell me more. I don't know the actual hierarchy of the police department, so I'll just do my best. I don't know any names under uh, the, the interim I, I don't, <laughs> Or their positions. <laughs> yeah. So I'm starting with chief of police. Yep. And then underneath that, I'd imagine that you'd have um, lieutenants and then sergeants and then do you understand? Yeah. And so that's the best way that I can explain it is, is that if the leaderships are showing by example, then, then they'll follow. I believe they'll follow. Do you think that the Tacoma leadership needs to do things differently? Or, and and are, are you basing that on what has happened over the last year or longer? It's just, you know, now we have cell phone videos. Like, like. How do you think about that in terms of is it the results that show that there needs to be change or how? Yeah, just tell me more. I have a son and two nephews. My son's 35 years old and my nephews are are in their, their late 20s. One of my nephews has been pulled over 19 times. He's never received a ticket. My son, um, who's attending school over at TCC, he's a teacher today. He was pulled over five times. And when he explained that the same police officer pulled him over five times. I was terrified. Yeah. And because of what I had uh, read and heard and witnessed on the news and around the country, when an African-American woman has her only child say, I've been pulled over five times by the same police officer, it tells me that there's something in the leadership that needs to be changed because it's happening over and over and over again. My son moved into uh, a different area. My nephew sold his car. Hmm. So I'm basing it on my personal experience. Yeah. But I also have to say this to you as well, is that I have a lot of friends who work for the police department who are excellent officers. And one in particular who said to me is that um, we need to have that conversation, Anne. The conversations that you and I have, we need to have that conversation. The community does. And so I'm basing my comments on personal experience. I've never had a bad interaction with a police officer in Tacoma. I'm just basing it on my son and my nephew. When you think about changes that you'd like to see, do you think about people, personalities that perhaps need to be changed, like we need to find people more like this? Or do you think about laws and rules that should be changed? I think people are basing their behavior on their perceptions. And that's why I keep coming back to the, that same word over and over again. We need to have engagement in community um, conversations and to deal with those biases that you have and even to address them 
And even to admit that you have them, and even possibly is that where they came from. I don't think anybody, whether you're an officer or not, is, is, is basically born to be a bad person. I think some of your circumstances and your experiences that you have put you in fear. They do. Or even perceptions of things that you've heard about other officers' experiences. Some of the, the city council's goals have been, um, we've heard earlier this year on the podcast, lots of uh, proposed changes. You know, there was eight can't wait. There was 64 changes that were recommended as part of becoming an anti-racist police force or transformational. Uh, I can't remember the exact terms now. It's been several months. Um, so there are a lot of individual things. Then there was the the state changes that, mm-hmm. that took effect. Um, are there any specific things that you think we need to be doing or see as a community um, along those lines? Are you happy with progress? Is it, you know, just wanted to ask some of that. I'm aware of some of those initiatives. I have, um, I believe they're working. I believe that they will work. And the reason why is that because the conversation is now out on the table and there's an awareness. So once there's an awareness, then we start to see change. Of course, in the last couple of years is that um, I haven't heard anything negative from the um, police department as far as events, with the exception of maybe something that happened in Pierce County area. Okay. But in the city of Tacoma, it's a, the foundation that they've laid is a good start, but we have a long ways to go. And we have to remember, though, is that when the Manny Ellis case is, is over and everything is done, is that the conversation doesn't go away. Because often what I see is that there is this um, huge outpouring of, of just um, anger and, and sort of, um, how do I say it, um, not distrust, but disbelief disbelief at some of the things that have happened. And then things sort of calm down, and then we have another incident. What I like is that to have a a committee, again, I keep mentioning community engagement, but something that is constant that goes on because you cannot fix something in three or four months. It's going to take a serious focus between now and I would say the next five years just to change the landscape. But make sure that everybody has the supportive tools that they need. That means the community as well as the officers, as well as the city council. Thank you. You you put this under a very large name of social injustice. I what know. other things, <laughs> in addition to policing, fit under that for you? You know, I think I have touched on so much when it comes to to policing, and then of course is that um, this is again I'm going to put on my my behavioral um, hat is that. Tacoma, the landscape of Tacoma has changed so much. And so when police officers are um, interacting with individuals, I believe that we need to work on things as far as changes from the first point of contact. What I mean by that is the 9-11 call. So when you receive a 9-11 call, the person on the other end needs to be trained as well as that, asking those questions. You know, what sort of situation are we dealing with? Does the person have behavioral health issues to make sure that when the officer does respond, that the right person responds and that they have that co-responder with them that can help them. I was the behavioral health manager of Pierce County, which I hadn't mentioned that. And one of the things that we had worked on was really being able to provide support for the police officers in the way of a co-responder so that when they had that call that it was somebody that was having behavioral health issues or there was trauma going on or even drugs or alcohol was involved, is that that person 
was there that was needed to be there to defuse the situation and give them the services they needed. What is a 911 call? 911? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, so we're sorry. we're what, a couple days away from September the 20th anniversary of <laughs> yes, September 11th are. and that's right where my head went. So And of course, what I mentioned to you earlier about, you know, 911 changing my life and and when I threw that out there, it just sort of rolls off my I, tongue, but it changed a lot of people. Yes, lives. yes. But I should have said emergency responder. That's okay. what I should have said. Mhm. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. I remember when I was Young, they said, "Don't tell kids to dial nine eleven because they'll ask where's the eleven." <laughs> oh, the, oh, so true. Oh, anyway, so sorry. true. But I, no, 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 no. That's no. <laughs> I love it. Um, why don't we take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, safety and the other issues affecting Tacoma. Good. So, so, stick around. Good. Thank you. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 show Nerd Farmer, and this episode is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. If we've learned anything from the last two years, it's that the future is unpredictable, which is why education, and higher education in particular, should equip students with the ability to be flexible and innovate. Students should leave college with the determination needed to understand a problem and explore solutions. And they need a spark of creativity so they can find new ways to turn their smart ideas into reality. But these traits and skills can only be set into motion by one thing, transformative care. Pacific Lutheran University is a small private college where caring means more than kindness and consideration. It means bold commitment to expanding well-being, opportunities, and justice. And just let me add an amen to that. Caring helps us all to question paradigms and draw new connections in pursuit of truth constantly challenging ourselves and the world we love to be better for our neighbors, those down the street, and thousands of miles away. PLU is more than a campus full of individuals pursuing their dreams. It's a community of seekers, trailblazers, creators, and reformers who know we can accomplish more together than apart. To apply, schedule a campus visit, or learn more about PLU's undergrad and graduate programs, please visit plu.edu. We are back. Thank you to our sponsor and thank you to the members of Channel 253 whose support keeps us going. It has been, I can't believe it, producer Doug, four years since we started the Channel 253 podcast network and we are still going and I can honestly say we would not be here without our members. Um, So if you'd like to support us, it's $4 a month or $40 a year. Um, channel253.com slash membership if you'd like to uh, to join the hordes of people uh, who are supporting us. So check that out. We're back again with Ann Artman and uh, we've talked about some of the issues affecting Tacoma. Um, under uh, social justice, we talked about some of the policing questions. You did also mention safety. Do you think about that as a, as a different thing than social justice? Tell me a little bit more. Or than the policing, I guess I should say. I do. I I, I connect that with some of the, the homeless concerns that, that we have. And the community that I've spoke to that's mentioned it, because when you're knocking on doors, is that there's somebody there, is that whether you're a councilman or a council person or your candidate, is that they want to express some of their concerns. And usually it's not dealing, it's not with the police department. It truly is with some of the homelessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh related in a in a way to public safety but I'm it's a new question because it's a new issue uh, what are your thoughts on like uh, vaccine mandates for um, public employees 
I support it. I do. I do. Work with the health department, um, working with initiatives to sort of alleviate the fear of the vaccine. I do know that uh, that there's concern, especially when we're talking the black community, the BIPOC community, is that based on on past history, is that there's there's concern. I will say to you, looking at you straight in the eye, is that is that uh, my experiences with it have been good, and my family, as well as coworkers and people in the community that I'm aware of, so I support it. I do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, some of the other things that Tacoma is looking at right now kind of creep up to the council level, um, and one of those that's it's kind of always chugging along in the background and has been for the last couple of years is the port and this question of like the future of the port and fossil fuels in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have strong feelings or any feelings either way on uh, the future of the port and especially around climate change and fossil fuels um, infrastructure at the port right now? Absolutely. You know, living here for so long, I've, uh, I've watched the port grow and Pierce County, Tacoma, is that uh, it is a major um, industry as far as import and export. A lot of jobs down there. A lot of folks I know that have worked for the, the Port of Tacoma, a lot of put their kids through colleges. And so I do support that. What I don't support is that I, I don't support the fossil fuel. And so I believe is, this is one thing that I truly believe in is that, because my parents did this, is that we leave this world better off than when it was when we arrived. And so if we don't take environment and climate change seriously, my three little granddaughters are um, going to have a different experience than what I did. And so I'd like to see us uh, look at ways of creating uh, renewable energy and look at ways that uh, we hadn't even thought of. And, you know, I keep going back to knocking on doors. And so I knocked on someone's door yesterday and we got into a conversation about about hemp. First thing that comes to mind is that, is she talking about marijuana? <laughs> and I, uh, I said that to her, and she laughed, and she quickly corrected me. And so um, she has a, a hemp initiative that's in the works right now. And so I didn't realize is that you can use hemp for, um, for battery power and, um, and steel and how strong it was. But other, other things she mentioned was the biodiesel fuel. And in talking to her, I thought is that, you know, you need to be at the table with the city council and, and, with, uh, and with Victoria Woodard, our mayor. And she said to me is that I have been talking to her. Mm. And I was very pleased to hear that. And so, um, of course, as we walked away, we talked about supporting Anne. And I said, well, let's, let's hope that you and I have the opportunity to work together. I was um, fascinated by hemp and as far as growing it over in eastern Washington. So... I believe what we need to do is look for ways to create renewable energy to where we don't cause harm to the environment. And also, too, I mentioned how long I've lived here. I never thought in in the month of June that we're going to hit temperatures of 114 degrees, 113 degrees. If that isn't a a warning sign, I don't know what is. So, yeah, Yeah. I do support the port, though, as far as jobs and... Mm-hmm. Careers. Mm-hmm. In in the meantime, as we figure out some of those renewables, would you support like those regulations that limit expansion of fossil fuel structure infrastructure at the port? Is that something that that makes sense to you? It makes sense to me with more information, and I'm going to answer it that way because I like to look at the big picture. So um, when it comes that time that I'm sitting at the city council table and and that 
becomes part of an initiative or, or a conversation is the first thing I would ask for is additional information. And we need information from the experts. And again, I've mentioned about community and sitting down together. So when it comes to renewable energy, at the same time as that, let's bring the right folks to the table and learn. It's all about education and not making the same mistakes over and over again. Thank you. Um, is there something maybe that's not one of the really big issues facing Tacoma, but just something that like you'd like to see happen? Is there, is there something you'd like to see happen in Tacoma or in your district? Could be kind of fun, but just something that like, you're like, hey, if I get elected, this is something that'd be really fun to see, see take place or change. I'm a dreamer. Okay. <laughs> and so what I'd like to see is that the South Tacoma Way area is is that there's so many abandoned buildings down there. And, you know, we saw how downtown Tacoma had changed with, with the University of Washington. And there was a time where nobody would walk in that area. And the South End is, is a, it's a beautiful place. It really is. I'd like to see some of the buildings down there be renovated to where folks could open up businesses. I'd like to be able to walk from my house to a coffee shop. I really would on South Tacoma Way. There are, um, I mentioned my dad's business on 5213 South Tacoma Way, and it's still sitting, the building is sitting abandoned today. Mm. The other to-do wish that I would like is that um, a lot of folks come to me and, and ask me is that, you know, Ann, how do I open up my own business? How do I start my, my uh, small business and the licensing? What do you do? And what are the steps? I would like for the city of Tacoma, to have some sort of a program to where even if it's a workshop, that happens once a quarter. And that workshop, it could be, you know, three to six weeks where folks could really learn is that how do I open up my own business and, you know, grants and then grant writing and really be able to teach our community on how to be that entrepreneur that everybody dreams of being. And the other thing with that is that I have this vision of having dollars in the South Tacoma Way area, and before it leaves, it rotates about 350 times. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you should check out uh, Michael Lang at Spaceworks. It's, uh, my wife and I went through that several years ago, and it's a business uh, training course. So oh, okay. it's one of the things that they do. And uh, they've been around a little while. That uh, it's, it's, it's very cool. They started with artists, and then they moved to just more businesses in general. So... Something to check out. I definitely will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what's What's your closing pitch? Why vote for Ann Artman for District 5? Well, that's a good question. I usually get asked which my, what's my pitch, but uh, I vote for Ann Artman because I have lived in Tacoma for, for 38 years in the South End area. I'm very passionate about my community. I want to see things change. I want I want things to grow. And the one thing I've heard from so many people is that, um, you know, when your city council is at, are you going to remember me? I said, how can I forget you? Because hmm. the South End believes that and feels as though they are that forgotten city. And I'd like to be that person that um, is there for folks. I like to be that person that does knock on your door and, and check in with you and see how you're doing. And, of course, it's kind of a Pollyanna way of looking at things because nobody has that kind of free time. But I want to be that person that will be accessible to my community, that will listen, that will be an advocate, but at the same time be able to work with the city council to make changes and changes that affects everyone in a positive way. That's great. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank if you. someone is interested in finding out more about you, where could they find you on the Internet? It is so simple. Uh, AnnArtman.com, and that's Ann with an E, and Artman.com. Okay. And you can email me, and I will always respond.
Okay. We will put a link to your website in the show notes. And I really appreciate you taking the time to join Citizen Tacoma. It was really good to talk. Great. Thank you. I really appreciate it being here. Thank you. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.